Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a 3v3 podcast investigation. It was the summer of 2020. The greatest mystery to man at this time is what the heck did Nick Cousins do to his former Golden Knights teammates to piss them off so much? My goodness. They were treating him like the redheaded step cousin last night. I mean, it just seems like it just seems like every one of them decided that whatever they could do to get a shot in on him, they were going to do. I thought Mark Stahl was the redhead of the team. Yeah, but he has to be out there and playing for anyone to take a swing at him. And he's moving too slow. Everyone's just flying by him. So this has nothing to do with his uh, the fact that he was arrested in 2012 for sexual assault. God damn it, I forgot about that. Thank you for pulling that up, Cassie. So yeah, let's hope that was at what that was what it was. Wow, that's that's bad on me. God. The lit <sighs> I know, Pat. The the list of them, it just it just gets to a point you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, that one two years ago. Yeah, who 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 hasn't at this point, right? Dear God. This might be shorter if we start listing off who hasn't. You know, you're not wrong. 12 hours in jail and two weeks at a treatment center. Huh. Well, let's hope that what is, that's what it was. They're all taking their, taking a swing at him for it. like that theory let's go with that theory i'm gonna I'm stick with it, it. i'm hey, sticking with it it worked well yeah all right my job here is done i, I brought you both to like a cold stop and <laughs> you really did you really did and you know what i'm 100 percent fine with it that's my job that's what i do damn, i damn, save it we, up for special occasions we need someone course correcting us every once in a while <laughs> So now we can go off about like men on room not being in the hockey hall of fame. <laughs> As a builder, how do you not? I know. Well, so the hockey news Ian Kennedy specifically wrote an article about the hockey hall of fame selection committee meets this month to choose their new induction class. And he lists 10 women who should be in the hockey hall of fame already. And he suggests there should be two of them going in this, this year. I have no quibble with any of that, except for the fact that Mel Broom is not on that list. And she is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. She's also not in the IIHF Hockey Hall of Fame. But at the time that she would have been in, there wasn't a lot of stuff going on for women specifically internationally. So I can give them a pass. But as a builder, Mel Room should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. <laughs> God. 
a hundred. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this flipping sport, this flipping sport, you know, it's not even getting into Edmonton and their lack of OHL scouts. I, uh, that's just typical. Oh God. I just had a good laugh over that one. (laughs) I mean, how do you as a franchise lop off a hundred of the 200 hockey men like that? How do you just sit there and say, we don't have any OHL scouts, so we're just going to give away all of our, all of our picks. (laughs) We're just not going to pick anybody from the OHL, even, you know. It's I mean, just so. Is, I bet they just had to dissolve any associations with anyone in close contact with their president for reasons. I would like to point out that this year's Memorial Cup tournament, the OHL um, team that was participating did not have a particularly good showing. So. Maybe it's wise decision to not to not yeah. choose anyone from the OHL and just you know. I mean, no, my thought my thought was less that and more. Okay, so you don't have any OHL scouts, so you're not going to draft at all, at all, at all. Like no one from Europe, no one from the QJHL, no one from the WHL, just no one at all. Oh no, they OHL or bust. No, they lo- <laughs> they love themselves some WHL players. They love themselves some, mostly because the scouts don't have to go very far, right? They can just park their butts in Edmonton and watch the Oil Kings and everybody right. who comes to play the Oil Kings. Comes to them. Yeah. God, that, that'd be really interesting to take a look because the the uh, WHL schedule is set up generally where um, not every team plays everyone, right? But when they do, they do these cross division trips infrequently like i think it's every other year i'd have to go look it up again there are probably people screaming at me that i should know better and you're right i should Mm. but but like you know seattle doesn't go to edmonton every year right um but there are years that they do and it'd be really interesting to see if there's any correlation with the picks from the oilers based on you know any whl picks from the oilers for teams that happened to come in exactly or the u.s division yeah that happened to come Mm -hmm. into edmonton that season versus say when they don't come in that season right like like would they pick would they pick a thunderbird or a silver tip player or tri-city americans or a spokane player in the off years or the off seasons they don't come there hmm in 2022 I haven't. I'm, I'm still working on this. <laughs> the first overall pick from the Edmonton Oilers played for what WHL team? You go, Cassie. Caleb's. Patrick. <laughs> Edmonton. It's actually the Thunderbirds. Oh, good on them. One Reed Schaefer. So oh, clearly, God. they played in Edmonton last year. <laughs> Damn it! Which I... means. They will not select any draft-eligible Thunderbirds, even though they are currently going to be playing a game this evening, and there's no other hockey. For being the top 
team in the Canadian Hockey League Major Junior System. And they're still not going to pick one. <laughs> hockey, hockey people are fun. <laughs> Fun's a way to put it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh Fun's a word. Fun is a word. Fun is definitely a word. No wonder most of them stay in hockey. How do they? How would they survive outside of it? <laughs> After they retire, how do they function? Which is wild. If you look back at 2018, in the first and second round, they drafted back-to-back OHL players. Would you believe that both said players are on their current roster? Hmm. Well... I am I am roster. roster is a loaded question or a loaded <laughs> a loose, statement. Loose term. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, is currently on doing a boatload of work in that statement, Pat. <laughs> yeah. There's our air quotes there. <laughs> oh, very much so. No no offense, Mr. McLeod. Was that was that modifier, you know, built to withstand a, a tsunami and an earthquake and a nuclear attack all at the same time? <laughs> uh just admit I don't think anything can carry that much load. I don't know. You've seen the NHL's press releases, haven't you? <laughs> oh, that's very true. <laughs> I question because um, they, this, Ryan McLeod played in 12 playoff games. so And he looked And actually okay. got ice time. Yes. Uh, unlike, certain, <laughs> unlike certain defensemen who were in said lineup. Boy. Hey, you know, whatever, 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 um, you know, whatever, whatever floats gets, whatever gets you bounced in the second round. Hey, you know, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Um, so in the continuing story of a quack that's gone to the dogs, if you know that reference, I heart you. Um, my my mother, <laughs> this is the continuing story of the octogenarian, uh, uh, the birth of an octogenarian hockey fan. My mother attended the uh, a, a sports competition with two of her great-grandchildren yesterday. And I'll give you two guesses of what sport it was. Hmm. Hmm. Think rich white people. Hockey. Lacrosse. Bingo. You got it. Lacrosse. <laughs> um, and she came back. She came back and sat down to watch the uh, first game of the Stanley Cup final and went, huh, and texted me. There's a lot of similarities between hockey and lacrosse. And I went, that's why a lot of the hockey players used to play lacrosse in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then proceeded to just, um, she is not, she is not one for, for swearing and cursing in, in any form of, of expletives, but nice to our children. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but you always uh, have to put in the qualifier. I'm sorry. When it comes yeah, to parents, yeah. you always have to put in the qualifier. <laughs> um, no, not even towards us. Um, hmm. Uh, but she did give me a crap last night um, when Mark Stone when Mark Stone scored, and um, 
she actually explained to me why it was a goal. And I have never been more proud in my life. Because <laughs> I, I responded to her. I said, that one might come back. It looked kind of like a high touch. And she said, no, no. He was leaning sideways. And I went, oh, my God, she's right. What have I created? What have, <laughs> what have I foisted upon this world? Yeah, it's what we Pacific Northwesterners do. <laughs> it's all good. Don't worry about it. But she already knows the rules. She's ahead of like 99% of all fans. She's ahead of like 99% of all the uh, on-ice officials. <laughs> well, and I think it's because, and, and I know we dig on them a little bit, but I think it's because of the way they've had the broadcasts and they've had the rules you know, the, the, the former refs coming on and explaining the rules and as, as awkward and uncomfortable as those have been, you know, you kind of have to sit there and go, well, Christ, you know, well, there's a living example of why it's a good thing. You and know? It's not for you. It's for her. Well, no, I, I understand. Yeah. No, I, I have never once, you know, bemoaned the fact of, oh, why, you know, this is rudimentary or anything like that. It, it was, right. it was just sort of, you know, those, you, you, I actually take it from the standpoint of, I wonder if this is too confusing for people. Right. Mm. And, and the way they present it, sometimes it kind of, you know, I felt like it was muddying the waters and I, I, I have to eat crow on that and I will gladly eat crow on that. And she has a, her, her last, her last two texts to me last night were, um, I don't even like their damn fans when referencing Vegas. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't like either team, but I like. Vegas less because they have fewer problematic players. <laughs> fewer openly problematic players. <laughs> Let me put it that way. <laughs> the dog. So the, nominally, nominally, uh, I'll lean towards Vegas. <laughs> the, the dog with the least fleas is that? <clears throat> the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Dogs with uh, least fleas. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. That's that's typically how I roll anyway. It's just like, yeah, that team has fewer known problematic players. I think I'll go with them. And and speaking of of completely not that, but that in an, in a different way, um, did uh, did Florida look like they uh, ran into somebody who was fighting as dirty as they were and weren't expecting it last in that game? I'm glad you went there, actually. Um, it was not only that. I think I think it's been too long since Florida played against a team that can score multiple goals in a game. So between that and the pushback, I don't want to say they were a bit on their heels, but no, I'll they say were a it. bit on their heels after Did that third break? goal. Did their break do anything? I don't think so because they came out and looked. No, I think they looked. I think the first and second period, both teams looked very evenly matched. Even though it looked like after the towards the end of the second, all right, Vegas may 
be going into the uh, into the room up to one, but you know you still have to play those final eleven seconds. Um, but something about that third goal from Zach Whitecloud kind of just put Vegas over the top. It was it was the counter punch. I don't think Florida was ready to to take, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think the break did anything to him, Cassie. I think. I think they have. Um, and I've used the analogy before. I think you know they were they were by and large just like you know puppy dogs. They you know they had their nap and they just got back up and were ready to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, absolutely no momentum lost. I I think they just they finally ran into a team, and the only reason I'm saying this, and I'll touch back on, it, I think they finally ran into a team that fights as dirty as they do. And the reason I am kind of saying that because I also yesterday before watching the game, um, I caught up on the quest for the Cup series, and this will be of note to you, Sir Pat. Um, oh. They were uh, they they had some interesting on ice comments between one um, Roderick Brindamore. I don't know if it's Roderick his first name, but I'm going to call him Roderick. And the on ice official in a particular game, the one where um, Jacob Slavin got whacked by Sam Bennett, and mm-hmm. Rod said, "Well, I'm going to start letting my guys play that way." And the ref said. Hating's still allowed in hockey. That was a clean hit. Let them go. If they clean hit, it's a clean hit. And that just sort of made me go, oh, that kind of made me think, you know, other teams hadn't been wanting to get, maybe it made me sort of think maybe other teams hadn't wanted to get down and dirty with Florida, trying to take the high road or turn the other cheek or, you know, what have you. I don't know. It just seemed like a weird comment coming from Rod. Like, oh, I'm going to start letting my guys off the chain type thing. Well, Roderick Jean or Roderick Jean, depending upon what coast you're from. Was um, <laughs> you were. I just had to throw in the middle name, though. Um, uh... He he was never much of a talker on the ice. And I feel like that's starting to come through with his relationship with the refs. In kind of the Canes post-mortem, he described a lot of, we didn't want to go there because we didn't want to put ourselves in penalty trouble. Because when, whenever the Hurricanes take lots of penalties, they, they basically ex- start to expose all their flaws. They're not allowing all their forwards to skate with any regularity. And it creates a bunch of odd man rushes, blah, blah, blah. Basically, it just doesn't work to the way they want to play. And I don't, I think they wanted to play as much five on five against Florida as possible. That's why they weren't engaging much after whistles. They weren't actually taking a ton of uh, playoff hits. So just like the Sam Bennett on um, Slavin, Jacob Slavin hit that you're describing, Patrick, from that, from the, uh, I think that was game four. Yeah. It's just, they went in with a certain plan because they knew they had to basically not grab the attention of the reps because 
between comments earlier in the year and just for a team that sticks checks as much as Carolina, they take a lot of lazy penalties in my opinion. Well, the thing too, though, is that a lot of people have a hard time multitasking or blending things together. So it's easier for, Mm -hmm. so in a lot of these situations, it's an on or off switch, right? So if you tell guys to go out and be more physical, they're going to be more physical, but they're often going to do that at the expense of being more offensive, right? So you're, right. you're, you're exchanging one thing for another, not because um, they can't do, or it, because they can't do both, you know, it's either, okay, we're yeah. doing this or we're doing that. We're not doing a combination of the two and coaches. I don't think quite grasp that because if they phrased it, okay, we need to do this and we need to incorporate more of that. We need to combine the two. It, might have better success, but probably not simply because like if you tell a team to be more defensive, they're going to do that at the expense of being more or being less offensive. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. you, you get one or the other. And, and so if you let a team, you know, off the leash and go, you know, play as nasty as you want, just don't get caught. They're going to do that likely at the expense of offense. So, so you kind of have to like, Either you have to incorporate certain styles into what you're coaching. And if you haven't, if you're you're coaching a certain way and you want to add something in it mid-game, that's not going to work. <laughs> so what you're or you need the Edmonton Oilers power play. Yeah. So so what you're to to compensate for those things that you're doing the other times, like you mentioned, Cassie. Right. I mean you have to have like a <laughs> you have to have like a really good penalty kill with a with at least one offensive-minded person who can take, you know. Mm take that rush down to the other end when they pick up the puck or yeah. Or Eric Stahl. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So Cassie, what you're saying is you can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You should get with this because this is where it's at. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, if you want me to finish that lyric, I can't because it's just, I know. And that's, and that's quite all right. Um, It, it, you know, I hate to sound prophetic, but I kind of called it, (laughs) you know, that they had the path paved for them if they beat Boston, um, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they, they play trench warfare hockey and there wasn't anybody else that they were going to run into that played trench warfare hockey. Um, the, the, uh, the other thing that was really interesting to me, Pat, about that quest for the cup is, you know, when they were doing the handshake line, they actually did come down to Brindamore who had a lot of, you know, was just shaking Paul Maurice's hand and saying a lot of, you know, it was great team, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all this and the other thing. And Maurice is just going, "Uh huh? Yeah. All right. Thanks. (laughs) And walked off. Yep. Okay. Right. Rod, in that moment, when when the job is over, he he will talk with anybody when he wants to, and he does that with a lot of players in those lines. Um. Well, it was it was just funny because there's a, there was all of that speculation about the uh, 
uh, about how Rob's yeah, career the, ended, the lingering, you know, leading into the start of that series. Yeah, sure. and, and just to sort of like it, it felt like they kind of played to it by playing by uh, by showing that because Paul was just sort of like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever type thing. I mean, it was it was he really kind of was a little dismissive, and I thought it was kind of funny. Like, oh, they're just gonna they're just gonna really try and play this up, aren't they? Okay. And Rod and Rod will think about it, you know, beyond. Well, uh, I hate to say it, but um, he probably didn't think about it too much after the game, and I know he's certainly not thinking about it now. Uh, oh no, no, no! I there's yeah. I don't believe that for any any there's anything there. I don't believe there's anything. anything no, there. no, that, that there isn't. Absolutely not. But it, I just, the story was lost on me the other day, but uh, his dad actually passed away about two or three days ago. Um, and once going back to the whole concept of the good and the bad in this silly sport, you know, his dad, it, it's one of those token cliche Canadian hockey parents that you hear about that are just the greatest people on earth always happy always happy go lucky and he definitely was one of those i got to meet him a couple times just hang out in between refing games while you know rod's watching one of his kids play and his dad's just talking with whomever just because he was a social personality he was just happy to be at a rink and had fun um So, yeah. my dad was like that. He would talk to anybody, anybody yeah. and everybody. <laughs> and like when you meet Rod and then you would meet his dad, you know, not seeing their day to day lives. You know, apparently Rod gets a lot of his worth ethic from his father. And conversely, he wanted to make sure he was always in a position to do what he wanted to do. And not, you know, have to go work a nine to five, you know, a soul crushing nine to five manual labor job. And, you know, it, it was just, it, he was a great guy to meet, great guy to talk to. And, you know, it's kind of thinking in the back of my head, Rod probably knew a bit of this was coming too. So it stinks to see, but I think it also lends to, when he's shaking hands with people, I just see his dad in him. Whether, you know, somebody on the receiving side wants to wants to do that or just wants to get the hell out of there or not. You know? Yeah, I you know, now that you say that and I kind of I'm sort of flashing back to, you know, they sort of stayed with him on a few other players before getting to to Maurice. And he was kind of that way, you know. He had he had a he had a moment or yeah. two with Eric. Um Eric Stahl and, and sure. Know. So, <sighs> whereas Maurice is very much the opposite. Like what you see in front of the press when he's sitting there in that environment, that is very much him. Dry wit, but also he Maurice is also the type of person who, when he wants to have a one-on-one conversation, he doesn't want the cameras on. 
and he'll just engage with a person. It's very interesting to see the two different dynamics because we're also now seeing that between Cassidy and Maurice. You know, Cassidy will just there are no secrets. He'll ta- he'll talk exactly but I, within limits of what the Vegas Golden Knights are looking to do against Florida, and Maurice is a little more tight lipped, but you can see what each team is trying to do, and it's just. <sighs> you know there's i think sometimes i wonder if he's not being tight-lipped to to play to the persona oh very much you know? so because there was nothing we saw in game one that should have been a surprise yeah, he, he didn't anyone. he didn't roll a line with four forwards and one defender you know <clears throat> yeah they allowed vegas to carry the puck in they kept vegas to the outside Vegas, they would try and circle down low and catch a guy in the high slot trying to shoot. And Bobrovsky, as long as he wasn't moving cross crease, he had everything covered. You know, it was just the times where the defense made a simple mistake in front of Bobrovsky this was in the back of the net. Which, to your point... For, for, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, for, for a three-goal victory, that was a one-goal game. Yep. In my mind. Yeah, it, it was. You know, the Vegas won the third period. That was the game. They tied the first two periods. That was it. Simple as that. Um, <clears throat> allow me to heap some praise on a former Seattle Thunderbird who I thought, no. yes, <laughs> yes, Cassie. <laughs> I am a man. You are a woman. He said, allow me. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to allow you. I am a man and you are a woman. The allow was a rhetorical question to a woman. Um, Mm -hmm. Go on, sorry. No, 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 no. (laughs) Not anymore. No. I've been shut down by a woman. I'm being oppressed. Um, Man, did Keegan Colasar just absolutely eat the Florida Panthers lunch with his oh board play. Gosh. Did he, uh, he was just able to not shove, not throw, but just kind of shove yeah, them and, off. And you're probably thinking of one of the same plays I am where uh, yep. two defenders on him going yep. behind the goal. Yeah. yeah. And just managed to work his way out of it. And next thing you know, it's on, you know, he did that a few times and it was just like, you know, when, when, when the, the TNT panel was talking about, um, you know, before the game, they were, they were talking about who, uh, who, the, who the Knights should start. Um, and then they announced the starting lineup type thing, you know, sort of it was going to be Colasar and, and um, uh, Hag and uh, Carrier. I was kind of like, well, we'll see how this goes. And man, howdy, were they the best line they kept that team in that game, I think, for that first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it could have looked a lot uglier. But yeah, just getting down there, grinding, and then allowing, you know, allowing possession in the zone, or at least, you know, keeping the puck in the zone, well, possession's a loose term, and allowing, you know, the, the Knights to get a little bit of a, um, a, line, a line swap going. I was like, 
God. Yeah. Okay. You know, as much as, as much as he honked me off in the Oilers series, now I see it, you know, and it's, it is funny because he played that way in Seattle, but he just had more scoring touch. And, you know, I keep thinking if he keeps playing that way, that scoring touch comes around. Woo. Howdy. He going, he going to be dangerous. Because he'll have that big body, that puck control, that that sort of, you know, you're not getting this away from me. And now that I have it, hey, look out. Goodbye. So he would have been my player of the game if I was on that team and handing out the whatever the hell they hand out. The Elvis wig or whatever. Which, ew, people putting things like that on sweaty heads when it was last on somebody else's sweaty head, when it was on somebody else's sweaty head, and God knows if it's sanitized. Cassie. Yuck. Cassie, <laughs> Cassie my, my, my friend. Huh? Yes. You played hockey. Hmm. Yes. Do you think that's the grossest thing that happens in locker rooms? <laughs> no, okay. not at all. Not even in that's, women's locker is, rooms. This is what I'm saying, Cassie. <laughs> Okay. I know, but that's just, you I, know, knee-jerk reaction. Just kind of you. Know, when, it, when it goes from one, one, one stanky-ass hockey bag, you know, pulling out of a stanky-ass hockey bag and hand it off to someone who throws it on their stanky-ass head, at least they do it before they shower. So, plus... <laughs> Maybe, sorta. Uh, how about if they all do it after they shower? And that's no, no, fine. I'm saying <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna throw on the the stanky, you know, hockey bag, funky wig, uh, I do it before you shower. Yeah, yeah. If everyone did it after they shower, then it might not be so stinky. Yeah, but it, it's still gotta go in someone's <laughs> stank ass hockey bag. I think it's, it's, let's just say it's not, I, I highly doubt it's in someone's luggage. <laughs> it travels with the equipment. We'll leave it at that. I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to know what happens with it. I was perfectly fine with just leaving it at my knee jerk reaction of ew. No, I don't no, need no, to know no, details no, and no, I don't want no, to think no, about it too no. deeply. <laughs> we have to get into the machinations of the Elvis wig. How does it travel? Is it clean? Do they spray the same magic stuff in it, you know, that they purportedly spray in the hockey equipment to keep bacteria from growing? Is it washed? Because that's all it does. Yeah, it, it's just Febreze. <laughs> I'm sure the trainer has it in like a bag or something. I'm sure, it's not carried around by the players, or well, by the people carrying around the players' stuff. Excuse me. Honestly, I'm I'm waiting for the next arena to be built um, in any said location, Atlanta, Utah, whatever, because we're going to 45 teams oh, apparently. God. I I want walls. I want the locker room to be hermetically sealed and I want some sort of decontamination de process run after every skate. Yeah. I mean, I'm not 
not a germaphobe, but I'm on, I'm on board with that. <laughs> we have the technology. Exactly. Even if it might create superbugs, but that's another story entirely. I just, I, I, I'm sitting here thinking of The Martian, the movie in the book, right? Where you go, where you go into the, where you, where you go in basically to the airlock, you know, and pressurize and depressurize mm-hmm. and then the one time it exploded. And I'm just thinking, you know, not a chance in hell would they all do that. No, Explode? go go in, go into something that disinfected <laughs> them. Right. I mean, I'm just talking about their equipment. If we could bare minimum get that instead of just running fans, which is what most teams on. do. <laughs> like the things that every time I skate, on. I have this little UV light dryer that sanitizes quote unquote my equipment, even though I still have to wash it every so often. Um, it only does so much. No, there's only so much you can do. <laughs> so here's my question. Why, why, why do they want to keep putting teams in places that are dry, like Salt Lake City, which Salt Lake is drying up, and, and Phoenix is drying up, and Vegas is drying up? <laughs> there's maybe no I'm humidity. the only one thinking about it, right? <laughs> because there's no humidity. So the ice, they will ship water in to get that thing frozen. It's because there's, there's no, uh, it's because they have money in a building. Bingo. Got this sport. <laughs> My God. If the sport itself wasn't so great, I, I, I would have ditched the NHL a long time ago. There are so many of us that would. <laughs> I know. It's like the sport is fantastic. The league, any of the leagues, let's be honest, any of the pro leagues, major junior leagues, junior leagues, not so great. But why is it that the teams that are in these dry areas are succeeding? Oh, if you listen to some, if you listen to some, you know, the hockey insiders, it's because they they have no state income tax. Jesus Christ, shut up. They always get their money. Oh, I was just reading about Washington and how implementing a, a capital gains tax. Yep. <laughs> they always get their money. Always. Always and forever, they will always get their money. Just stop it. It's because people are moving to these areas. They are booming because to, you know, because they're low corporate taxes, not low individual personal taxes um, and incentives. So the people are moving into these areas from other places and they, it's cheaper to live there. They have more disposable income. Therefore, they are more likely to spend that disposable income on sporting events. This is like basic economics. I don't know why people have a hard time with it. Oh, wait, because it's basic because economics. Because you would have so to have someone who had an econ- any knowledge of economics. And since they don't teach that stuff in school, <laughs> good luck. The college level stuff is crap. Well, nobody. My God. Well, and I had well, to take that. you had to. 
had to. It was a requirement. I had yeah. to take Econ 101. I took it twice, actually. <laughs> I dropped it halfway through the first time because I was like, wait, there's math in this? <laughs> there you go. And I hadn't had a math class in like, oh, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> Most of it's never required. So, and those people that take it as an elective immediately regret it. Yeah, no, I had to take it as a requirement. Geography covers pretty much everything, you know. You have to understand economics to do geography? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had to have pre-calculus. I had to take that. That was a required class, too. Wah, 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 wah. I took that four times. Because, uh. <laughs> again, I hadn't had a math class in 10 years. And, and every single, like, every single degree program in college, university, has a weeding out class that they deliberately make extremely hard for people who want to major in it to make sure they actually want to major in it. And of course, of course, pre-calculus was the math department's weeding out mm. class. So, yeah, that one was fun. I, I ended so up not enough, not enough people have passed pre-calculus. Thus, we get teams and say, Thousand Palms, California, that might be making the AHL final. Huh. Imagine that. Wait, is Coachella yep. Valley still uh, playing, or yep. did they lose? They are up three games to two mm. in, I, I presume, the Western Conference mm -hmm. Final. Yes. Yes. It, with the Calder Cup, they probably have weird names for things from time to time in the A. Because, God, their playoff format requires a Masters best degree. Best of three, and something. best of five. What that something is, I don't know. That that something is um, number of teams that qualify per division. It's ranking just all by points, percentage. No. Uh, well, and then then the California teams only play play ten games. Right. So they so <laughs> not well not no. this season. No, they stopped that. They stopped that. Oh, good for they, them. So in the regular season, they did a more. Uh, they balanced out the division, so some teams had eight, some teams had seven, some teams had ten, and everyone played 72 games. And can you guess the division that had ten teams? Uh, whatever Northeast division is. <laughs> you would think, no, it was our lovely Pacific division. Oh, yeah, because they crammed in everyone. So those teams predominantly played each other. There was a little pocket of, you know, Canadian teams. Then you have all your California teams. Now you have Henderson, Tucson, Colorado. It seemed to work out. And, hey, one of those Pacific teams is one win away. From the Calder uh, Cup final. They so play games. They play games six and seven on Monday and Wednesday. If necessary. So, so wait, wait. So we have so so the Seattle Kraken got to the second round mm -hmm. in the NHL. The Seattle Thunderbirds are playing for the Memorial mm -hmm. Cup tonight. Mm -hmm. Coachella Valley Firebirds 
are in the Western Conference Final. Mm-hmm. But somehow Seattle is not a traditional it hockey market. And that's a fine and thing. And that's a good thing. <laughs> and I'm totally okay with that. All right. It's not a traditional market and how you would classically define a traditional market. Is it a hockey town? Yeah. I would guess yes, since <laughs> most of the teams are finding a lot of success this well, season. Poor, poor Everett. <laughs> poor, poor Everett. Yeah, well, sometimes, you know, <clears throat> sometimes you, uh, you, you get what you deserve. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but do, do you think Coachella's success was, was the impetus for giving um, Ron Francis an extension? Do you think yeah. the Kraken success was? I'm trying to figure out why they decided to give him an extension. Probably, probably the Kraken success because he made it second to uh, the second round in the second year of operation, which is still largely, which is still entirely. Why am I saying largely? Which is still entirely due to um, Ron Francis putting that group together. Hmm. No cap issues, lots of cap space, no outside of Vince Dunn, I would say no real basically they're not Toronto with their crazy <laughs> what are we gonna do to resign player X, Y, or Z? They are in relatively good shape. I think Coachella Valley is the added bonus, the cherry on top, um, because a lot of those players aren't necessarily Seattle's, right? I mean, I don't think they're sharing a team, but no. they don't have enough of they don't have right. enough prospects to put together an entire team of their own. Um, so whoever is putting together, whoever Francis hired to put together that team. Should, yeah, it's should get the bonus generally too, the way they work, Cassie, is it's generally like an assistant GM at the NHL level is the one who manages right. the AHL team. And um, right. So, yeah, there's a lot of AHL contracts on the Coachella roster. You know, not a lot of two way um, NHL. Yeah, because the Kraken only have 32, well, yeah. 35, 36 contracts. I'd it's well below. It's well below fifty. It's this yeah. season's right, right, right because right. they're still new. Yeah. They're, they're still pulling everybody but together. That, so that sort of lends itself to you know there are a couple of stories where guys were signed on AHL contracts and had such a good season that they actually ended up getting two way contracts. So mm-hmm. huzzah, I guess. Yeah. And I wonder if you get free tickets to the festival. (laughs) I would guess not, but you never know. That I'd I'd want that in as I want that in as a writer on my contract. Like a like a free pass (laughs) to the to the festival. Yeah. Even though I've even though I've never seen 
a lineup that I would be mildly interested. I've seen an actor too that I've like, yeah, I'd like to go see them, but I'm not going there for that. I'm old and cranky. Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm I'm actually agreeing with you. I, let me pop in and pop out. Let me. I I just want to you know. Honestly, hey, great. Garbage is playing. I'll go see garbage. I don't care about anyone else around them. And it's not because I don't like new music. Don't like a lot of the music that they play at Coachella. There, I said it. I don't. I don't like fighting with crowds. That's my. That's my story. I don't mind like going to see live music. I just don't want to deal with people to do it. So I tend not to. <laughs> I tend not to go to concerts, even though I'm musically inclined, because I just don't want to have to deal with people. I don't have to deal with drunk people. I don't want to, have to deal with. I, people. I, don't I want to like deal with the people. small. I like smaller venues because it's less people to deal with. And also, come on, Blinky 182, you know, I know they had their fun resurgence last year, yada, yada. Headlining in 2023. Hey. Really? If, if. uh, At least they're putting out new music, I guess. If, if somebody's (laughs) going to pay them to headline, you take the money, you take the bag. Oh, this is not. This is more against the uh, the promoters, the people billing this. Also, my God, am I out of touch? I know like a fraction of these bands. Um, uh, I don't even. Yeah, yeah you. I couldn't be see, that festival. <laughs> I just hate the, dealing the with people. The funny thing is, Pat, I looked at it. You know, I, I looked at it, and I'm like, I know, I, I know a number of the bands. I'm not going to say I know all of them, right? I know a number of them and it's like, yeah, sure. You know, they're, they're, they're not a, I have to go uh-huh. see a band, you know, I enjoy a song or two, but you know, I'm, if, if I am going to go to Cassie's, you know, most despised thing on the planet, which is a massive festival concert, you better have a, mm-hmm. you better have a lineup of young and up and coming stuff, but headliners that make me want to deal with that crap. And how did we get here? Oh yeah. Because I want the concert. I want the festival tickets as a writer on my, on my AHL contract so that I can turn around and sell them. Um <clears throat> <laughs> so does that mean pro players need to request bumper shoot tickets to come into camp early? Yeah. Why would they want to? Because <laughs> uh, I'm actually looking. I'm actually oh, looking right. at the bumper shoot lineup. I was like, yeah. Fatboy Slim is performing yeah. again. Really? Interesting. So bumper shoot, for those who don't know, is a Seattle festival that usually takes place what over yep. Labor Day weekend right around there yeah yeah seattle center seattle center um it's it yeah anyway they have like a bunch of people it's an arts festival a bumper shoot for those who don't know is another name for an umbrella but anyway not that anyone actually calls them bumper shoot well not that a lot of not that a lot of people actually use them (laughs) Um, which I think is the irony of naming right. it the Bumper Shoot Festival. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sleater Kenny. Um, bu- yeah. Yep. Sunny Day Real Estate. I, I, I would actually like yep. to hear Matt and Kim live. 
Matt and Kim, would to you see get? what it sounds like? See? Yeah. Live. Bumbershoot is, but also Bumbershoot's kind of an open thing. You're not just sort of trapped on right. some, you know, janky ass farm or desert, you know, area. Um, you are. S- and they've also they've also like slimmed down the the lineup. Yeah. This used to be a three day thing, and they're only doing yeah, two. Yeah, uh, no, no. You're that Sorry. was exactly what I was going to say. Is it's it's you know you're free to come. Yeah, you're it's free not to come and go type thing, and um, the lineups. You know, it, it it tends to be lineups that are more aimed towards. I think probably like eight, nine, ten thousand type crowds. Yeah, I like this lineup way better than than Coachella, which is weird for me to say because it's Bumbershoot and Bumbershoot used to not so long ago have really weird lineups. Oh, but because it was three days, Cassie, <laughs> and then you had to you had to make sure that you had every sort of avant garde indie local band exactly local band you know it used to be a local yeah. band and then the local band started be. making it big and then other bands started wanting to come in because they wanted to be on the same stage with some of the bigger bands who were still doing bumper shoots by the way um mm-hmm. and then yeah you know it just it, it kind of morphed into what it is you know you still go get elephant ears and you know wander around the international fountain and and you know hit the mural amphitheater stage or the or the armory and you know it's 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 not a to your point when you said it earlier cat it's not a music festival it's a music and arts and just come hang out downtown type festival please god come hang out downtown Right. Yeah. Now I would actually, if you were going to do like a music thing, I would get like an entire pass for the state fair. (laughs) The state fair lineup is way better. For big name. For big Yeah. For big name. You know, the thing about the state fair, Cassie, is you can do it at a trot. You can do it at a gallop. You could do it out of gallop. You could do it real slow, <laughs> so your heart don't palpitate. Just, just don't be late. Do the Puyallup. Yes, Pat, the that Puyallup. was their theme song for a number of years. Yep, for a very long time. Do the Puyallup. <laughs> Meanwhile, interest Elba at Coachella. Oh, that's because he's got that his whole DJ side thing. He does. This is a really interesting hockey show. (laughs) (laughs) Sticks with Nancy Wilson. Now that that's at the fair, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yes. That is the grandstand at the fair. Boy, I was watching, I, I, you know, the, the, uh, the old YouTube algorithm shoved an episode of live from Daryl's house down my throat. And it was Tommy Shaw. And I, that boy can still sing. He's got that sort of alto tenor thing going on. And yeah. If you, if you haven't seen the video yet, I highly recommend, and I'm sure both of you have, I highly recommend the Kennedy center honors oh. heart 
covering yeah. Stairway oh, to yeah. Heaven. It's Anne. It's it's it's, it's Anne. I think fantastic. they personally, I think they went a little over the top with the whole, you know, the chorus upon chorus at the end. But I get it. Yeah. Yeah. The the choir. But thing but that, I get it. Yeah. I you know. Yeah. You still heard Anne, and that's all I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Well, because honest <laughs> to God, you know, in my in under my rule of of law, only one man is ever allowed to cover Zeppelin, and that would be Anne and Nancy. And since they're not talking to each other mm-hmm. again, um, oh, I know. Boy. Well, too much drama. You know, since they're not talking <laughs> to each other again, no band is allowed to cover Zeppelin. Not even Anne by herself. Okay. It was. It was oh. a good. It was a good cover. God, I I used covers. to love when they would play shows around here because you always knew that as part of like their encores, you were going to get Zeppelin covers and it was going to be rock and roll. It was going to be immigrant song. And you knew what you knew. She was just absolutely going to crush it, especially after she started working more with David Kyle, who was a vocal instructor around here. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to say that woman got better which was she started off pretty damn good and found another gear or five. Uh, yeah, good days. Yeah. Welcome to three on three podcasts where we discuss we, music. We reminisce. <laughs> I, I, I still think I would, uh, I'd want a Coachella pass as part of my, uh, part of my AHL deal with Coachella Valley. I brought it back around. You know who you know who I think would probably make a great Coachella Firebird and would probably love to have a three day pass. Philip J. Castle. This has been the Three B Three Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Three B Three Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.